Welcome to Side Notes, the podcast where we have curious conversations for creative minds. Each week, we'll work together to craft an authentic, intuitive, and creative life through self-discovery and aligned action. I'm your host, Jennifer Hulley, and I'm a therapeutic arts coach, a photographer, and an arts educator. This week, we're talking about the shadow self and how turning toward the parts of our identity that we try to shy away from can boost our self-love and creativity. All right, on with the show. Hello, hello, welcome back. This week, I am really excited to dive into the shadow self. And if you're not familiar with the term shadow work or shadow self, I encourage you to do a little Google search for shadow self and young, spelled J-U-N-G, Jungian psychology. It's a part of their theory and It basically looks at parts of our identity and personality and how we express ourselves that get shoved into the darkness, meaning we don't express them, we shy away from them, we try to deny them, and how that happens through a process of learning and socialization. Because, you know, we come into this world naked and afraid. (laughs) That was a show in the UK. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but we come into this world naked and afraid and we're desperately needing love and protection from others for our survival. We're like literally a helpless baby infant that needs someone to wipe our bum, give us food, keep us warm, keep us clean and dry. And being accepted and loved and belonging to a group is like non-negotiable for an infant. And it follows us through childhood, adolescence, and even further as we age. We are social animals. We are pack animals. We want to be part of the group. Nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be rejected. And so our brains are primed for this and we're, they're wired for survival. They are wired to seek validation and safety and support in the form of being accepted and belonging as part of a group. We are wired to look for that for survival. Basically, we come to earth hell-bent on doing whatever it takes to be accepted and to be loved so that we can be safe and stay alive. And this is where the shadow self starts to take place because we learn that certain things aren't safe. We might learn that it's bad to speak up or that it's bad to be bold or it's bad to be selfish or it's dangerous to be even creative depending on what our household was like and what the larger community was like that we were, you know, growing up in. And the thing with our brain is like, we learn at rapid speeds, like brain development that takes place during early childhood is like none other, no other phase in your life. We learn very quickly and we learn to categorize the world and make it safe. We learn what's good, what's bad. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. That tastes good. That doesn't. This person loves me. This person is dangerous, whatever. We learn what's acceptable and what isn't. And we learn this, like I said, everywhere. We are literally like a little sponge just sitting there soaking up all the juices from our parents, our extended families, our friends, our society, television, media, all of it. And we know very quickly what parts of us will get praised. 
what parts will get attended to what you know what certain behaviors elicit a response from our caregivers like what gets us food we know what to do to be loved and we know what parts are going to draw negative attention or even no attention at all because no attention no feedback can be just as damaging or just as like negative in terms of um, what we learn to do and not do if we do something and like nothing happens we're like well that's a waste of time so we don't do it again and so as we grow we learn to reject parts of ourselves which are part of our like innate authentic identity and personality and we label them as like undesirable or pointless not good or just not linked to the impact and the effect that we're trying to achieve so things that we determine are not valuable or detrimental or dangerous, you know, we start to reject them. We deny them. We shove them to the back of our mind and we try like our damnedest to not be that. And like I said, that's the shadow self. The shadow self are all those things that you try so hard to not be and the things that you can't stand in others. And like I said at the beginning, it's a concept from Jungian psychology and it describes the parts of us that we find hard to accept, meaning we either find them so hard to accept that we don't even take conscious awareness of them, or we find them hard to accept and we can be really hard on ourselves and we can really beat ourselves up when we do demonstrate certain behaviors, thoughts, or feelings. And like I said, sometimes you can outwardly reject them. We can be really mean to ourselves when it comes to rejecting aspects of ourselves that we don't like. Now, Jung believed that the shadow self holds all these repressed thoughts and feelings, and they're not necessarily bad, right? Jung really believed that positive traits can get put into the shadow self if those parts of ourselves were invalidated or minimized by others. And if you are a human on earth and you went through schooling system and you had friends and you had to interact with anyone else that was a human being, I can almost guarantee you that there are parts of your self-expression that were minimized by others that were either teased or mocked or drew like attention in school, you know, like everybody's laughing at me about the food I'm eating or whatever. It's going to lead you to repress those parts of yourselves to fit in. So, you know, an example that I think fits for a lot of people in terms of their experience in schooling is that many of us learned that it was bad to be outspoken or to be confident or bold and to challenge authority. So those traits can be repressed and pushed into our shadow when we tell ourselves like, don't be bold, don't stand out, don't make a scene, be quiet, be good, get along, get by and, you know, get through it. And we, all of these traits that are in our experience get really complicated as we grow and we go through different, you know, experiences. But we learn, like I said, our brain is powerful and our our brain learns how to like sort these identity features, markers, expressions of behavior, thoughts, beliefs even. We learn how to sort them very quick into like what needs to be done to fit in and get along and to like mesh in the groups that we're surrounded in and we end up doing this on like an unconscious level without a really um, purposeful and guided approach to confronting your shadow there are going to be parts of yourself that are in your shadow that you're not even aware of because like I don't know the number I'm going to make up a statistic here because I like doing it (laughs) 
but I'm pretty sure it's something like 20% of your thoughts and actions come from your conscious mind and the rest come from your subconscious. And that's like the really powerful operating system that's running the computer, that's running the show because it's exhausting to have to be in your conscious mind all the time. So I guarantee you there are parts of your shadow self that you're not even consciously aware of. And the aspect of investigating your shadow and witnessing your shadow and learning to love your shadow and make it safe for your shadow traits to come out is a really integral part of self-love. And when we foster self-love, we create a sense of safety within ourselves. And when we create a sense of safety, that is when we feel it is okay to be creative. It is safe to be creative because we're not in a state of fight or flight. We're not strung out. We understand that it's okay to make mistakes, to not be perfect, to draw attention to ourselves, to be bold, to be loud, to be whatever it is that we need to be in order to create the things that we're here to create. And now Jung argued, and I'll agree, that the pathway to fulfillment in life is to embrace all these aspects of yourself, to witness the shadow self and to hold space for them and to just welcome them with open arms, right? All these things that we try to deny or turn away from. When um, somebody tells me that they feel lost, you know, when a client, we're talking about like their path to creativity or what's going on in their life, their business, whatever, and they say they feel lost or it's like, oh, I need to find myself, I don't know what I'm doing. What I hear is not that they're lost. I hear that they're in a space of being disconnected and they're disconnected from that aspect of themselves or they're disconnected from all of themselves. There's a rejection happening of some thought or some desire or some feeling or belief that's way down deep inside their subconscious or their belief system that's being rejected, denied, and ignored. That's why you feel lost. It's not because you don't know what you want or what you want to do. It's because you're unconsciously rejecting aspects of yourself that might lead you to where you want to be or to do the things you want to do. Because, you know, I said we learn to perform. We learn to be praised and be part of society. And this means blending in, supporting the beliefs of the group, and silencing a big part of our inner voice. But you have to remember that authentic creativity and creation is allowing that authentic inner voice to come out, even if that inner voice is expressing things that are not desirable, like rage or anger or disagreement or, you know, being outspoken or being negative. There's a lot of things that we learn shouldn't be expressed, but being a conscious, creative person means letting that inner voice come out without judging it through whatever it is that you're making. You know, I said high school is a really good example of how we learn to silence ourselves. And I wish we could say that this, you know, this ends with the schooling system. You know, once you like survive elementary, middle and high school, like you're an adult and you're free to be whatever you want. But you know what? As soon as we enter adulthood, it gets even harder because the social units that we're involved in become more complex. We have bosses, we have partners, we have complex social groups, extended families, in-laws. Maybe you have people that like ex-partners that were part of your life, but now they're not part of your life. And so it's no wonder that we often hit this point of crisis where we feel so detached from ourselves. And that's where taking time to do some shadow work can be really beneficial just to see what parts 
of your self-expression are you dialing down? Are you ignoring? Are you skipping over? And what it might look like to embrace all of that. And that's what we're going to do today with the creativity prompt. There is something you can work on at home. It uses a really cool technique called wax relief or oil relief where basically you need like paper, crayon or oil pastel, a white one to match the tone of your paper and you need some watercolors and you need about 15 minutes and you need an open mind and a safe space to create for yourself to just listen to some of these prompts that I'm going to give you and write down the words that come to your mind. You're going to fill this page with all sorts of words that maybe feel icky and yucky as they come up, but then we're going to work together to just witness them and say like, hey, you're here. It's okay. All right. 15 minutes to dive into this creativity prompt and we'll be back at the end to talk more about the shadow self. It's a really good prompt. It's a really great activity. I encourage you to go get your materials and let's just try. Let's see what you come up with. All right. So let's dive into a therapeutic art activity to help us work with the shadow self. And before we do that, I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean to truly love yourself? Like all of yourself. Does that mean supporting yourself when things get rough? Does it mean guiding yourself through really hard decisions? Does it mean pushing yourself into the uncomfortable so you can grow and shift and change? Or does it mean helping yourself to be the best that you can be? Maybe loving yourself means witnessing and holding space for and accepting all the parts of you, like everything, the parts you don't like, the undesirable and the embarrassing. Can it mean both? Can it mean both of these things? Can it mean supporting yourself and guiding yourself through growth, but also holding space for the stuff we don't actually accept? Today, we're going to witness all of ourselves and we're going to hold space and we're going to look at the parts of us that we try to deny. We all have them. There are parts inside all of us that we have learned are bad or undesirable or even just like annoying and not good. And we're going to use a process called wax relief to dump all of these shadow traits invisibly onto the paper. We're going to make space to witness them and name them without being seen initially. And we're going to write freely without restriction. And then at the end, we're going to bring them all forward into the light using a watercolor technique over top. So before you get going, make sure you've got some paper, either a white oil pastel or a white wax crayon, or I've heard even a candle works. I have not tried a birthday candle, but I have heard that that can work. You need some watercolor paints and some water and a brush. And as we get going, you're probably wondering, okay, like what is a shadow trait? We've sort of loosely talked about it. And basically we said it's a part of ourselves that we reject, that we deny and we push aside. And initially it's a concept from a psychologist called Carl Jung. And he coined this term, the shadow self, to represent the aspects that we learn we can't express if we want to be accepted, loved, and safe. So we don't bring these parts of ourself out into the light, we cast them into our shadow. And the important thing to note here is that your shadow traits are not always ones that we're gonna perceive socially as negative. Because depending on your life experiences, you might have learned that certain things weren't valued. 
Like perhaps you grew up in a very performance-oriented home, one that prioritized math and sciences, and you would have learned that the arts and creative self-expression was just fluff. And if you learned that, how would that impact your capacity to accept and connect with your identity as an artist? You might have arts in your shadow, or perhaps your family and community really valued like humility and sacrifice and constantly giving and giving to help others in need. Well, the flip side to that, what would that be? You know, perhaps in those experiences, you learned that it was not acceptable at all to be selfish or to be bold or to be greedy or to think of yourself first. And what did it mean if you were those things? And how would that have shaped how you experience your life right now and how you express yourself? You may deny or try to repress or just ignore the fact that, yeah, you can be selfish at times and it's okay. The shadow self is with us for the ride of our life. It does not go anywhere. And as humans, you know, we're complex creatures. We're capable of possessing a variety of conflicting ideas and feelings and states of being all at the same time. However, when we're able to see and accept the aspects that make up our unique being and we grow in compassion to ourselves and others, we find that we exist in a state of harmony. So as we get prepared to write down these shadow traits, you maybe have already started just scribbling down some words about things about yourself that you don't like. Maybe you're you're bold or you, you've been told you were bossy, get those words out as you're working. Um, but I'll talk you through a few prompts to help you uncover your shadow traits. And if you find you're like, I don't know, I don't know what my shadow traits are. Uh, an exercise that I like to do is just really like go about your day as a detective and just get curious and notice every single time that you get fired up or annoyed or angry at another person for like a whole week. Like if you can do it for a whole week, you'll have a lot of information and you're going to write down what happened, how you felt, what the emotions were coming up and like what thoughts you had attached to the other person and look for similarities across the week because like perhaps you'll find that you were becoming just like enraged when people disrespected the rules and didn't follow the rules. Like maybe someone cut in front of you in line at the supermarket or somebody exited on the highway without signaling, something like that. And you got really mad and you were like, yelling at the person or in your head you were yelling at them and they were both examples of you know people not following the rules you want to ask yourself what does it mean to not follow the rules if you aren't a rule follower what does that make you does that mean you're chaotic does that mean you're selfish and those are your shadow trait words the words that are underneath those things that are really irritating you so what we're going to do here is we're going to fill the paper that we have with our shadow traits we're going to use like i said it's a wax relief or an oil pastel relief process. So you do need a white oil pastel or a white crayon or like a birthday candle. I saw that on Pinterest, maybe it works. We're not using one here today, but the idea is to write invisibly, get all these shadow traits out on the paper without having to really look at it. Cause sometimes it's just easier to dump the things out before we face it and then we'll bring it into the light and then we'll acknowledge it and then we'll talk about it. So listening to this track as you're working, I want you to think about these prompts that I am presenting to you and just write what comes to your mind. Don't judge it. Don't second guess it. Don't worry if it's like going to fit on the page or if it's overlapping over another word, like be messy, be free, and just write as the words come to you. Write with emotion. 
write intuitively. Like if you feel called to write a word big or small or over and over again, like really pressing hard with the pastel and making it super dark, you go with what you feel. The first prompt to think about as you're writing down your shadow words is like, think about somebody in your life that just drives you nuts. There's, there's somebody, there's always someone that drives us crazy. And I want you to think about this person and what is it about them that activates you? What about their behavior gets you really fired up? And what are the words that you would use to describe that person? Not just the whole person, but the specific behavior that this person does that irritates you. Are they loud? Are they arrogant? Are they bossy? Whatever the words are that are coming to mind when you think of this person, get those words out onto the paper. Another prompt that I saw while I was doing some research on shadow self was to think about your life and think about the themes of crap that you're constantly dealing with. So like, what are some issues that come up and then come up again? Like, do you find yourself surrounded by people who are constantly angry and they're making, they're just dragging you down. You're like, everyone's always so pissed off. Or maybe you're around people who are really like attention seeking and you find that irritating. Often you find you'll surround yourself with people or you'll attract scenarios that might be shining a light onto some aspects you have denied in yourself. So think about these recurring themes that occur in your life. If it's like, you're, like I said, maybe you're constantly finding that you're coming in contact with people who don't consider your needs. How would you describe those people? Those are some shadow words that we could look at later. Another way to approach this is to do the reverse. Let's think about your best qualities. Think about the things that you just absolutely love. You know, what is great about you? Are you caring? Are you empathetic? Are you kind? Maybe you're determined or you have grit. What are the characteristics and things about you and your personality that you're proud of, that you think are, these are great, these are positive. And I want you to think of one and then think of the inverse, the opposite. So if you identified yourself as being really empathetic, what is the opposite of being empathetic? Somebody who isn't empathetic is what? Are they cold, uncaring? Get that opposite characteristic onto the page because that could be a shadow trait as well. If you said that you love that you are kind to others, what's the opposite of being kind? What words would you use to describe someone who does not demonstrate kindness? Get those shadow traits onto the paper. And the last prompt, and this one can be a little bit, not heavier, but trickier to dive into. It requires that you get really honest. And remember, this is your art journal. Nobody's going to see it. So have an honest conversation with yourself and ask, like, what do you worry that other people will find out about you? What are you trying to hide? Is there something that you're just like really trying to bury and create distance between you and the people around you? Like, think of something about you or your life that if people found this out about you, you would just be absolutely mortified. Like you would shrivel with embarrassment. You'd want to like dig a big hole and jump into it, hide under the duvet and be like, oh God, please, please, please let me disappear into the earth. Because the things that we are terrified that people are going to find out about, or we would be so embarrassed and mortified, there's probably an element of a shadow trait in there. Like maybe you have a horrifically messy bathroom and you just, you 
don't let people go there when they come to your house. It's like locked or something. You're like, please don't go see the state of my bathroom. If people see it, oh my God, I would be so embarrassed. It would be mortifying. They would think I was disgusting. They would think I, and see right there, disgusting. That's a shadow trait word. So think about something that you're like, I don't want anyone to know this about me. And ask yourself, well, what do you not want them to know? Like, why do you not want them to know that? What does that mean? And find some adjectives and some words that come out of that, like the word disgusting, if you had the the dirty bathroom, or maybe like you have dishes in the sink. Some people think, oh my God, if they see the dishes in my sink, if they know I don't do this, they're gonna think that I'm lazy. They're gonna think that I'm not taking care of my kids. They're gonna think that I'm unhygienic, I'm gross. And don't try to dance around it. Like don't say, oh, they'll think I'm disorganized. If really the word you wanna say is they're gonna think I'm a slob. Like use the heavy punch, high impact words that really mean what you're trying to say. And as you keep working, keep writing these words. Remember, not every word will apply to you, but it's important to note that we all have these shadow traits and that we're all capable of holding both sides of the coin, right? Like we can be very caring, but we can also be cruel at times. It's, it is impossible to say, oh, I, I'm never mean. I'm never, like, I'm sure there are times when you're mean, we are human and that is, the work of doing shadow work is learning to hold space for and say, it's okay if sometimes I demonstrate meanness. It's okay if sometimes I'm a slob. There's actually maybe some good things in being a slob. You know, maybe it means that I get to relax and I get to let go a little bit and not worry what other people think or whatever, right? Like it's all about witnessing the complexities that are in our unique personality and that make up our experience of being a human. And when you've got these words on your page, you know, maybe you did one word, two words, there are no rules here. You can make it what you need it to be. You're going to bring these words to light and make them visible. And the way you're going to do that is to begin to gently wash watercolor over what you have written. And you can choose colors that you feel called towards. You can mix the colors. You can use one. You can make it muddy. Maybe you want to make it really dark. We're talking about shadow. Maybe you're pulled really towards muddy greens and blues and browns and blacks. Or maybe because we're talking about self-acceptance and love, you wanna go the other way. You wanna say, you know what? These characteristics are darker and heavy and harder to accept, but I want to make them feel light. And you're gonna use like light pinks, light blues, yellows. Maybe you use both. Maybe to you, how you represent holding space for both parts of yourself is to use a little bit of dark paint and a little bit of lighter paint. It is whatever you feel intuitively called to put on your page. 
We've been talking about undesirable, unwanted, and unexpressed emotions and traits and ideas. So really ask yourself, what colors do I feel like need to be on the page to feel like I am adequately and appropriately representing everything that I've got here and everything that I'm feeling at the moment? And take those colors and that paint and just move it around the page. Get messy, swirl it. This is not about technique. This is not about like perfecting watercolor shapes or, you know, this is not a watercolor tutorial. This is just get the paint onto the paper. Okay, so when you're done, let's let this paper dry. We're gonna come back to it. We're gonna dive into this a little bit. We're gonna reflect on the shadow traits that we put on our paper and we're gonna connect the dots to our own experience. So get your paper into a space where you can let it dry and when you're ready, come on back. So that was an interesting activity I found. Like even as I was working through it, there were words where I was like, oh, I don't want to write this. And if you're listening on the podcast, you won't know what words I've written because you haven't seen the video. So I remind you, go check out the YouTube channel, subscribe over there because the visuals that accompany these audios are really beneficial to help you take the concept further and just see what is coming out as I work through these. And I would love to see what came out as you work through this as well. If you are comfortable sharing your shadow words, put them up on social media, tag me at Jennifer Holly on Instagram. You know, I think what is interesting about this is a lot of us have shadow words that are similar. If we went through similar upbringings or if we were raised or socialized in the same country or city, we have some unifying, is that a word? I don't know, uniting <laughs> shadow traits that bind us all together. But there will also be some that are super individualized and super related to your family system. You know, if you had childhood trauma, capital T, little t, whatever, you know, if something that happened with a bully at school, there are going to be things that happened in our life as a kid, as an adult that have all become part of this shadow self. And like I said, when we feel lost or we're like, I just am so lost in my life, I'm not, you know, making what I want to make or I feel like I'm on the wrong life path and I don't know how to get on the right one. You're not lost, you're disconnected and you really, really can only connect with yourself if you're willing to connect with all of yourself. So this shadow work is like not a one and done thing. I will say in my own mindset routine that I do, um, I am constantly dipping into shadow. We're constantly dipping into inner child and we're dipping into shadow because those things are along for the ride. They're not going anywhere, right? And we just need to learn to work with them and work through them so that we can relieve some of this stress. We can relieve some of this pressure and also divert the energy that is going towards, you know, repressing these things or dancing around these things and bring that energy into something that we want to be doing, whether it's like, poetry we want to be writing or paintings we want to start or a self-portrait, you know, photography little project that you want to do for yourself or a blog, like whatever it is. Maybe you want to bake a cake. You have to divert some of that energy that's going towards avoiding childhood traumas, avoiding limiting beliefs, avoiding shadow traits, and just make space for that energy to become something else. So if you really enjoyed this activity, or if you want to work more on like diving into your shadow self, diving into these blocks and the things that get in the way of authentic, powerful, confident creation, a couple things you can do. Like I said, subscribe to the podcast. We're here every week talking about it. 
Subscribe on YouTube because there are DIY videos that you can do at home with creativity prompts to help you work through things like this. Also, subscribe to the email. These three things are all free and are going to give you lots of resources that you can use to support yourself on this journey through your shit and into creativity. Link is in the bio for all of those things. The email is Friday Feels. It goes out once a week and it's all designed to support you in your creativity. And we dive into topics like this, you know, in further depth. And on top of that, you want to take it a step further and you want like really individualized support. Like you're at a spot where you're like, I am done with this. I am ready to move forward. I want to see myself and my life and everything for what it is. I want to move through it and I want to get on the road to making the things that I'm here to make. I encourage you to apply for one-to-one coaching. I have a variety of program lengths and delivery methods depending on where you are in your creative journey, what your needs are, and what your dreams are. And the way we decide which path is appropriate for you is we schedule something I call a chit chat. It is a free 60-minute call where we just sit down on Zoom and we talk things out. We really get a lay of the land and figure out what has been going on in your life, what hasn't been going on, where you feel like the disconnect is, and what you would love to do if you had a magic wand and you could just be like, boom, fixed, here's where we're going. We figure out what all of those things look like and then we decide together if coaching is a good fit for you and we talk about what, like I said, what delivery method, what length. And so if you'd like to schedule one of those free chit chats, the way you need to do that is you have to apply and fill out an application form. The link is in the show notes. You can click on there, put all your information, how I can get in contact with you, etc. And then I will reach out with my calendar for you to book. All right. Thank you so much for being here next week. I can't wait to dive into something else next week. I'm not going to tell you what it's about because it's a secret. You're going to have to subscribe so you don't miss the episode and I'll talk to you then. All right. Have a great week. This is your friendly reminder that you can support the growth of this podcast by sharing the episodes with family and friends, taking screenshots, posting it on social media. Remember to tag me so that I get to see it as well as through subscribing and leaving ratings and reviews. Every little bit counts and it really helps to put the podcast on the feeds of people that need to hear this message. And I am so, so grateful for all of the support that you have given me throughout the entire existence of this show. All right. I'll talk to you next week.